0: Welcome to The Sweat Room, a podcast of Watermark Wesleyan Church. Get it, got it, give it. Here in The Sweat Room, we dive into today's questions about sports and faith. And now, here's your hosts, Noah
1: and Bjorn.
2: Welcome to The Sweat Room, everyone. Bjorn Webb here, the sports and fitness director at Watermark Wesleyan Church. We are so glad to have you on The Sweat Room again this week. I would just encourage you to subscribe, share, follow uh, The Sweat Room on whatever platform you listen to your podcast. That will really help you to be able to find it every week, and it will also help others be able to find this in the future. You could leave a rating and review. That would be awesome as well. Now, Noah, who do we get the pleasure of interviewing today?
1: Oh my goodness. I am so excited. This may be my favorite interview that we have done this year. I am so honored and privileged to give you guys the Denver Broncos lineman, Dalton Reisner, who is just an amazing guy on and off the field. You guys are going to love this Richfield conversation that we had with him. Here's our conversation with Dalton. Well, welcome to the sweat room, Dalton Reisner. Uh, We're honored to have him as the Denver Broncos lineman. Uh, He's from Wiggins, Colorado. He went on to play at Kansas State, where he excelled and is one of five three-year captains in Kansas State history. During his time there, he was first-team All-Big 12 Conference honors in three consecutive seasons, becoming just the fourth offensive lineman in conference history to earn that distinction. He was selected by the Broncos in the second round, 41st overall, of the 2019 NFL Draft. And he was selected to the all-rookie team and only allowed one sack to Bills country. Oh, my goodness. Please welcome to the sweat room Dalton Reisner.
0: How you guys doing? Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Happy to be here. Yeah, um, absolutely. So, so
2: yeah. as we heard a little bit in that intro by Noah, uh, you allowed one sack last year to the Buffalo Bills. What, is there one thing that you loved and maybe one thing you hated about playing in Buffalo last year?
0: Yeah, for sure. You know, I didn't keep track of the stats last year. You know, at the end of the season, it said I gave up one sack. And I remember at the end of the Bills, uh, man, it was cold up there. You know, we, we lost. So there wasn't very much good to take away from uh, the Bills game. The one thing that was good is I got some uh, finally had some Buffalo wings from Buffalo, New York for once. Oh, there you go. They Do you remember where? It was the night before, man. It had pizza and wings. And I don't know who oh, it in. But anyway, someone ordered it in, and, uh, you know, everyone was just trying a little bit because we have to have, like, team meals and stuff, and we can't just be eating whatever we want. So I had, like, two wings, so I was trying to stay light. Um, but they were really good, man. They were really good. What I liked about them up there is they they're really crunchy. Mm. My pet peeve is when you bite into a wing and the, the skin is soggy or, like, slimy. Uh, <laughs> so I will give it to y'all. You guys have some good buffalo wings, but there wasn't one positive thing I could take away from that city, man. <laughs>
2: Hey, and that's, that's all right. Awesome. We'll, we'll take the wings. We hold pride to that,
0: so. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, as a fellow Colorado
1: guy, uh, what's your favorite Colorado hobby?
0: Oh, shoot, man. I grew up riding bulls. I grew up barrel racing, you know, being around agriculture. I'm from a different part of Colorado. A lot of people think Colorado right by the mountains. Uh, right now, I live in Parker, so I'm a lot closer, but... I grew up in the plains of Colorado which is a lot like western Kansas uh, small town country boys and uh, man I just love the, the the farming atmosphere out here I love the small type of community that we had and I love being able to go up to the mountains and go snowboarding and skiing uh, I love the weather I love the snow um, I love the Denver Broncos I love the Denver Nuggets I love the Colorado Avalanche you know yes sir I, I, I yes sir I love everything there is in Colorado man and um, so blessed to be part of a, such a great organization, the Denver Broncos. Man, we've won so, uh, so many Super Bowls, and uh, just want to get us back to where we've been. But man, I could talk about Colorado all day, man. That was a lot better question.
1: <laughs> so I know we have a mutual friend, Cade. Shout out to Cade Urich. Um, yeah. You know a little That's about Wiggins. Good. You want you want to tell us a little about uh, just just Wiggins and what what's what does that mean to you?
0: Yeah, you know it means a lot. You know, Cade Urich is a great friend. He's a cousin of uh, one of my best friends in high school named Terren Freeoff. I grew up with him my whole life. And uh, Cade Yerick's a great family friend, man. Um, I, that kid has, you know, asked questions to me and done everything right ever since he was little. And uh, He finds himself playing college ball right now. I'm so proud of him. He defeated a lot of odds as well. Uh, so really proud of Cade. Um, but when it comes to Wiggins, man, it's just this small, small-knit community, a community that believed in me when I was just a little you know, country boy with a huge dream, you know, he that that community believed in me. uh, And that meant so much. And I made my friends there. That's why I found out who I was. Uh, That's where I grew up. That's where you know, all my memories are, are in that town. You know, we didn't have anything to do on a Saturday night. So we drove around uh, dirt roads, you know, that's what we did. We just drove around dirt roads, you know, we, we rode up and down Main Street. That's and, awesome. Uh, you know, that's just what the town was made of. You don't go to the movies, you don't go to the club, you just don't do stuff like that. So extremely thankful for that. A lot of hard work put in there on the farm and on football. Um, you know, that's a great town. I'm so I'm so thankful for that town and thankful for that community that believed in me. And, um, you know, I truly believe if it wasn't for Wiggins, I wouldn't be where I'm sitting today. So I never thought I'd be saying that. Uh, I thought maybe that was going to be something that hurt me in my journey, but I think it's truly something that helped me.
2: Wow, that, that's awesome. I love hearing about just where you came from and, and how that shaped who you are today and how you can look back on that and see, you know, see the impact that that has had on you. So talking about a little bit of, of, of where you came and then where you are now, uh, what does it mean for you to be a follower of Christ as, as we know that you are? And, and how did you get there? What, what has that journey been like for you?
0: Yeah, I really appreciate you asking that, man. That's a huge reason why I was so excited to be on here. So shout out to you guys for doing this. Um, that's something that I'm not scared to, to testify. That's something I'm not scared to talk about. Um, I truly believe that, you know, we were all down here for one purpose. You know, First Peter 4.10 talks about each, each of us receiving a gift and mm-hmm. us using that gift to, to serve God as faithful stewards of his grace in various forms, man. And um, my testimony is a little bit different. Um, but one thing I do want to put across real quick is I do believe I'm playing in the National Football League uh, because that's what God's plan was for me. I didn't work hard to be six foot five, 300 pounds. So I, I think I told Noah a week ago, I, I worked real hard to be 300 pounds because I just love to eat. And I, I'll do that all day. You guys notice I'm, <laughs> stealing, I'm stealing snacks as we're on this interview. You know what I mean? Yes, so, sir. So right. you know, I think God blessed me with that size because he had a plan for me. And he doesn't want me to use this platform to say, look at me, look at the nice car I have look at my house, whatever that is. He wants me to have that platform to say, look at Jesus, look at, look at this man. I want you to follow this. Mm. This is who I follow. Um, So that's something that holds really close to my heart, but. Um, a long story short for my testimony a little bit is that man I grew up in a church I grew up going to church every Sunday um, I went to Awana's on Wednesdays I memorized verses all the time and um, I got a free pizza when I memorized the verse that was a lot of incentive um, it's a great yeah, incentive yeah yeah <laughs> I was the best at memorizing verses I was also the best at eating the pizza I got afterwards um, <laughs> man I was good I was a good kid I feel, I feel like I you know, respected people, and I walked the walk. Um, but let's be honest; I think I went to church on Sundays because my parents told me it was important, and I believed it was important. I believed in Jesus with my whole heart, uh, 100%. And I told other people that, but I didn't know Jesus. I didn't open the Bible and truly want to get to know Him. Uh, I didn't really understand that, and that's just kind of sad. But throughout all the high school, high school, I felt like I did know Jesus, and I didn't. So I got to college. And I had a great mentor named Morgan Burns. And I told him, you know, I feel like Jesus hasn't talked to me. You know, I feel like he's done a lot for me in my life. And I believe in him with every ounce of my heart. Mm. But I feel like I don't talk to him. And he encouraged me to open the Bible. And from that day, I think it was November 3rd, 2015, is when I opened the Bible and actually started to... I'd opened the Bible ever since I was a kid. But on that day, I opened the Bible and I wanted Jesus to talk to me. And ever since then, man... Um, you know he 's my best friend he 's when i go he 's who I go to when things are good and when things are bad and uh, that 's where i 'd say that 's where my faith really took off fellas.
1: oh that 's awesome that's that's so powerful um I know you mentioned first peter a little bit do you have do you have just a go to bible verse or is that it
0: yeah man you know I got first peter four ten right here i got ephesians six eleven here and then Every scripture you can imagine on my arm. So Can,
1: can you name him off without looking at him? If 100%. are listening, he, he has a tattoo. So that, 100%. John
0: 647 is right here. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes will have eternal life. A quote that I kind of found online and pieced together. Seek the Lord in good times. Seek the Lord in bad times, so for he will always mm. be watching over you. Mm. 137, for nothing will be impossible with God. Psalms 37:5 Commit your way to the Lord trust in him and he will act and then Proverbs 16:9 The heart of man plans his way but the Lord establishes his steps uh Ephesians 6.11, uh put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil schemes and then first Peter four ten, which I already said.
1: So I, got man, them, we I got gotta we gotta send you some winks for that, man. Yes, <laughs> sir. Come <laughs> on. <laughs> Named it off like it was nothing. Can't, you, can't, Lata, can't, man. you can't get something <laughs> tattooed on your body and
0: not have it memorized, yeah, hey,
1: I'm sure I'm sure you have friends, because I have friends, they'll have tattoos True. on it and they're like,
0: I, oh, I don't know, I just got I know hundred <laughs> percent. And some of them are my best friends. and I don't want to say anything, but I'm like, how are you going to do that? But then again, some of my friends, like Vaughn Miller, that man is tattooed from his eyebrow down to his big toe. So the fact that he, you know, sorry about my phone, but the fact that he could remember that, uh, I don't think he could. So some people have Hey, that's
2: a, that's a challenge right there. That's a challenge of Vaughn to see if he can say everything that's written on his body. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> no, I, I, love, I love what you're saying, and I can totally see your heart. And I'm, you know, I get fired up just listening to you talk about you know, the, the gifts and abilities that God has given you, but also the, the, the wisdom that you've gained over the years of saying like, God has given me this body, this physical body and the gifts to play football, and I'm gonna use that for his glory. And that's, that's why I play. And, and just, you know, I love your, your testimony of just growing up and maybe not necessarily having that relationship with Christ cuz hey, I don't you know don't really know what that looks like a little bit you know who Christ is and what he did for you but then seeing that transformation as you get older that's just so powerful and to now see you living that out and 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 really you know in the sweet spot you're in the the heart of God's will for you right now and that's just so encouraging to me and i hope that's encouraging to our listeners as well so a follow up question to you for you know talking about your walk with Christ and where you are now is has there been any integral people in your walk with Christ that have helped shape you to be who you are today? hundred percent. You know, my parents, ever since I was little,
0: my mom always told me, you know, it wasn't about what I did on the, on the sports field, whatever sport it was, it was about the type of man I was the type of little boy that I was off the field. And that, really impacted me in so many ways and you could say well that doesn't have to do with faith but I think it really does because I think the type of person you are to other people and the kind of love that you give to other people really represents the type of person you are and the type of relationship you have with Christ Um, and my mom instilled that in that to me from day one and you know she also told me that my relationship with God was the most important thing down here Um, so I'm forever grateful for her for instilling that in me as a child because a lot of kids nowadays they don't get the opportunity to have these parents that tell them that at a young age they have to figure that out when they're 25 and they made a huge mistake and they're on rock bottom and they have to find Jesus. You know, for me, I was told that at a young age and I was told that, you know, someone created me and that there was a higher power and that there was a possibility of eternal life and not a possibility, you know, hundred percent eternal life. Um, if we believe that he's real and that he died on the cross for our sins, uh, for us to have this chance at life and to, to do it the right way and be disciples of the Lord. So my mom, was huge. My dad for me as well. Uh, my dad always pushed me. Uh, I, wa- I watched my dad read the Bible as a kid. Um, you know, I'd walk in his office and be reading the Bible. Uh, so my dad read the Bible on every major holiday. You know, we read the story of Christ on Christmas and Easter and uh, the resurrection on Easter, everything like that. So my parents, I'm so grateful for, for what they did for me at a young age. My offensive line coach at Kansas State, uh, when it comes to college ball, um, you know, I don't know about out there in um, Buffalo or New York or anything, but out here in Kansas where I played ball at Kansas State, um, it was a little bit different. You know, football is about winning, and you can't be a coach that your main goal isn't winning. Mm. But our coaches there, especially Bill Snyder, he's one of the best life coaches I could have ever had. Um, you know, he was old school, and he ticked me off in a lot of ways in those long practices and full pads. But, you know, the type of life coach he was, you know how he taught me to be a better friend, teammate, brother, you know, Son, father, everything. Um, You know, he also, you know, taught us just how to be good men. My offensive line coach mirrored that in so many ways. My offensive line coach um, talked about Jesus in almost every meeting room. Whenever that's not something that you're really supposed to do, um, is talk about that. He did that openly. And ever since I heard him talk about that the way he did, not worrying about his job security. I promised myself that I would always talk openly about Jesus, not worrying about my job security. And I won't name names, but I went to the NFL combine and I got asked by a lot of coaches what my priorities were if I went to their city and I acted as if Jesus was sitting in that chair right next to me. I know it sounds silly, but you hear stories in the Bible growing up about how, um, what would Jesus do or how would you feel if Jesus was sitting right next to you or the tests that Jesus gives you or the people, you know, way back then, whenever. Um, the rapture was going on and they talked about, um, you know, either say that Jesus isn't real, we're going to kill you and people that sacrificed their lives for Jesus. And, you know, I was in those rooms and my agents, um, you know, kind of prepared me for all these questions. And I told them, I said, the one thing I'm not going to do is I'm not going to tell a coach that football is a higher priority than my faith. And I was in a lot of meeting rooms and I told a lot of coaches that my faith with Jesus was way more important than football. And I, don't, I think there was a lot of coaches that didn't like that. And, you know, I think I got passed on by a lot of coaches because of that response. But wow. you know, I'm thankful for giving that response, man. And, um, yeah, I know I kind of got off on a tangent, but I'd say my two parents and my offensive line coach in college.
1: Wow, that is, that's so good. Uh, I know for you, you embody leadership just being a three-year captain just at Kansas State. So for you, what does leadership mean to you on and off the field?
0: I think it's everything, man. We play these sports, and yeah, we play them to win, but we play them to grow as people, too. I think sports teach us so much. Some of my favorite people in this world are people that at least play a sport at some time because it requires so much. It requires leadership. It requires followership. It requires work ethic and responsibility and all these different things. I've learned so much along my journey. I used to be the type of leader that I wanted to force my leadership upon everybody. I've always been a social guy. I always like to talk. I like to meet strangers. I've never been – you know, scared to talk in public. I've always been a very open book to everybody. And sometimes that gets you hurt, um, which I have endured. But anyways, I was just always a type of leader that said, I'm going to be the leader of this team. And I had to, you know, you learn so much with leadership, man. But, you know, I say that on the field type leadership requires so much. Every single person, no matter what sport it is, requires a different type of leadership. Some guys require you to pull them aside and talk to them privately without the whole team hearing. Some guys require you to call them out in front of the whole team some of the best leaders in the world are guys that know how to follow guys that don't say i have to be the leader the one talking at all times some of the best leaders are guys that step back and let, let their fellow leaders because there's never just one leader they let other leaders lead yeah. I mean, guys like lebron james michael jordan some of the best athletes in the world um you know all these guys and, and they let others lead at times too so i think when it comes on the field i've learned so much in terms of what leadership requires and I think one of the biggest things is that leadership requires you to be empathetic and sympathetic to every single person on your team everyone has a different background another thing I love about sports man different races different ethnicities different languages um, different faiths everything you know it's a mix of everybody what a great opportunity to get around other people and and open your eyes to the world and what God created so that's what I've learned on the field with leadership Um, it branches out in so many different areas Um, But I love to lead, man. There's no better feeling than being able to lead someone or lead a team to victory or, or, you know, lead a teammate to not quitting a team, whatever it is. And when it comes to off the field, um, I'd say that's 10 times more important than my leadership on the field. Um, Like I talked about earlier, this platform that I have, that's called leadership. You know, discipleship Mm -hmm. is leadership. You know, leadership can be in so many different areas. Yeah, I can be a leader in the community by playing football. I could be a leader by doing community service, but I can also be a leader by being a fellow Christian and lead other Christians. Um, I think being a leader um, is leading people to Christ, whatever it is, man. So off the field, I've learned kind of the same thing. Um, is that to be a great leader? You got to be outspoken. You got to be willing to take those uncomfortable steps. Um, you got to be willing to speak about your faith openly in a world where you might get you might get criticized for. It, which I have gotten criticized for. You know, sometimes by my own family, uh, people in my family that don't believe the same views. So,
1: and man. what was that like being criticized, especially you know when when you know teams were talking to you and you let them know where you're you were at, with, in your faith journey.
0: It's tough. It's tough, man. You know, i, I told, I told that I, I, I tell everybody this story. You know, I'm not going to say any names of coaches because I'll get in trouble, man. But shoot, that was tough. That was that. This has been a dream for me ever since I was a little boy. And and when I was a little boy, I probably would have told you football is more important. Um, but as I've grown in my faith and grown as a man, you know, I just couldn't. You know, I couldn't. I couldn't look at people in the eye and, and lie to them. Um, and know that i'm gonna have to talk to pray to jesus that night and act like i didn't do it so man it was tough that was a dream ever since i was a kid and that's not an excuse maybe that's why i got passed in the first round maybe it's not
1: maybe it was just my talent that's probably what it was Mistake. <laughs> it's okay you ended up in Denver. it's all right
0: which <laughs> is completely fine man but um it was hard it was hard for sure but man i'm so i'm so confident in who jesus is and my relationship with him and um everything down here on earth and everything he's done for me. So, I mean, it didn't, it didn't sway me one direction at all. If anything, it motivated me um and there's definitely there's definitely bad days there's times where it gets rough for sure man and you know not only that instance at the combine but times where you um try to preach to people in your family and talk about your testimony and tell them why you believe and why you want them Mm -hmm. to believe too um and you get shut down on, on every single thing and they tell you you have zero proof um there's there's so many different times man so it's definitely um it's definitely hard but why, 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 are we, why are we down here on earth? You know, He wants to see how we respond to those battles. I truly, truly believe that all of our battles are the devil trying to bring us to him, saying, hey, here's the easy way out. Um, this might sound a little bad, but I think some of the most horrid people down here on earth, and there's a lot of great people, a lot more great people than there are bad, but there's bad people mm-hmm. down here. And I think some of those people that are so horrid, and people look at them and say, they have everything, you know, and I think they have everything, and I think life is so easy for them, and they live their lifestyle that way, because that's Satan not wanting to do one dang thing, right? Why would he ever throw a roadblock their way? Because he doesn't want them to turn to God, and you know, I've had things in my family happen, to family members in my family that have been you know, traumatic and they've had to get through a lot of battles. And I always tell them, I'm like, man, this is, this is the devil trying to bring you to them. Here's another way to think about it. This is God reaching out to you saying, come to me. You're you're at rock bottom. You're going through this. I want you to come to me. Let's get closer. Um, How many of us, I'm sure all three of us could sit here today and say, we're not all all three. And that's, and if you are, I, I would like to hear it. Maybe I need to learn from you comfortable with where we are in our faith i 've never been comfortable in twenty four years of where I am in my faith I, I think i 'm strong in my faith, I love my relationship with Jesus, but I always want more maybe that 's just the athlete in me, but I want to talk to mm-hmm. God more, even if I pray to him fifty times in the day and open up the Bible twice i want to, I want to do more the next day I want to have more of a relationship with him. I want to spread the word to more people like it 's never enough, um, so I could go on and on man, but yeah, yeah.
2: no I, I think that's I think that's so good and i and i I think you know, that competitive side of you, that athlete in you that I know Noah and myself have as well. Like, yeah, I think that's probably part of it for wanting to be better today than you were the day before. But I think it's also partly just the, the humility that I see in you in recognizing that you're not perfect and that you have, you know, you have weaknesses, you have things that you can do to be better. And mm-hmm. why accept a version of yourself that is good when you could be a version of yourself that is great. And that's what God wants for us. And he has called us all to do, you know, a good and, and awesome work here on earth. And, and I see so clearly that he has, you know, that he has gifted you in so many different ways and, and you're using that, but that's not the end all be all. Like where you are today as, as Dalton, like that's not the end of your journey. And, and that's, I think that's the humility speaking of saying like, yeah, sure. You know, I may be a good guy, I may do good things, and I may know who Christ is, but, you know, how can I be better and how can I share what I know with other people? And like, if I've already got it, how can I give it? And that's, you know, our, our motto here in the sweat room is get it, gotta give it, where we train, we learn to get it. Once we get it, then we got it. And once we got it, then we can give it. We can train others, coach them, disciple others in sports, in faith. And so I see you as sitting in a place now where, like, okay, you got it. You know who Christ is, and you know that's the most important. And the next step for you and, you know, for us as well is now we can give it. Now we can share our faith. And that's, you know, what you did when, when you said, you know, faith is more important than football. And those coaches maybe weren't pleased with hearing that. Like, that's you being real. And that's you sharing your faith and saying, sorry, like, there's something bigger here that's going on than, than simply this sport and this game. Now, that's important because we love that, obviously. And that can be that platform and God has gifted you in that way, but there still is so much more. So I just appreciate you saying that. Um, and I resonate so much with what you're saying. That's, it's so good. And so, you know, there's so much wisdom in what you're saying. No so problem, man. You. I really appreciate it. Thank yeah. You. So, so to go back to the Broncos a little bit, you know, being from Colorado and raised there and, you know, going to college not too far away, what was it like getting drafted by, I'm guessing, the team that you cheered for growing up? What was that like?
0: It was an amazing feeling, man. You know, that was a, that was a day I dreamed about my whole life. You know, I, I had a list my whole life of all these awards um, that I wanted to achieve. And it's kind of crazy, man. I checked off every box uh, of things that I wanted to get done. Um, and the green room was in caps at the bottom, which was the first round if you get invited, right? Um, I let my pride get in the way a little bit. Um, I got invited as like an alternate and uh, I didn't like that. I was too prideful. I felt like I should have just been invited. Um, but anyways, man, that, that was a huge goal. So I was a little bit down around that time um, just because I'm a prideful guy and I'm competitive. But when it came to that moment, man, John Elway called me, a guy I heard about my whole life and he wanted to be my boss and he wanted me to come work for them. Um, man, it was it was amazing. I won't lie. I, I only let that sink in for probably a few hours um, until I got the playbook the very next morning at like 7 a.m. And then it went straight back to work on how I could be the starter and how I could be the best in Rebronco Bronco I could be. Because um, that's just my nature, man. Um, but it was, it was an unreal feeling. I got to celebrate that with my family and some of my closest friends, and uh, man, it was a a dream come true. It was a dream come true for me, man, and honestly, it didn't sink in until I actually ran out of the stadium. Uh, It was all such a blur. It was all so fast, a lot of pressure, uh, a lot of stress and anxiety. I know that sounds crazy, but um, that's just who I am. You know, I didn't want to get drafted second round and not go play. Um, I wanted to make it happen, so um, when I actually got to run out of the stadium the first game, that's when it sank in and I just sent shivers up my back every time I ran out of there. Cause you know, I was the, you know, little fat kid, you know, eating chicken tenders up in the nosebleeds, uh, watching those Bronco games my whole life, man. So I just kind of kept picturing myself up in the nosebleeds eating those chicken tenders, knowing that there was another kid out there watching me with the same dream.
2: Amen. Yeah, that's so good. So I you know, being in Buffalo and working with Noah, who's from Colorado and who's a big Broncos fan, I hear oh, yeah. probably every day what the NFL should expect from the Broncos this year. Now, you know, I trust Noah, and I'll I'll listen to him here and there. But I want to hear from you. What should the NFL expect from the Broncos this year?
0: Yeah, man, you know, I'm not into too much hype. I'm I'm really against it. I think that your play dictates, you know, the type of season you have, and that's what you speak with is your play. And we didn't have a good season. Um, I think that, you know, you never hear Patriots fans, you know, talking a lot about, And I feel bad that, you know, Noah has to vouch for us and has to hype us up because we didn't do our job last year, man. That's just plain and simple how it is. Um, You never hear Patriots fans talking about, you know, what they did to the – in the offseason to be better. I mean, we're doing that because we didn't have a good season. And, you know, it pisses me mm. off. I'm a competitor. And we're going to have a better year, 100%. And I could sit here and I could hype you up and tell you how we drafted, you know, Jerry Judy and all these great attributes to help Drew lockout And our offense was the issue. And we got our offensive line figured out. We got Graham Glasgow and Lloyd Cushenberry because we did. We got a lot of great offseason additions, and we did that. But it's, it's not going to matter. It's not going to matter for any team what you do in the offseason or anything like that. Look at the Browns last year. They got Odell Beckham Jr. They got Jarvis Landry. They had Chubb in the backfield. They had Baker Mayfield. Everyone's like, they're unstoppable. They went and they won six football games. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter who you have. It's about how the 11 guys get on the field and how they play together. Um, mm. you know, we... We want to make the playoffs, man. We want to get back to the Super Bowl. We've won multiple Super Bowls. Uh, you know, we just won one five years ago, whatever it was. Five, six years ago, we, the Broncos, just won a Super Bowl, sure. man. We already want to be back. So, Absolutely. Uh, man, I think we did everything that we needed to in the offseason. I know that we're grinding right now. I know that we got the right attitude. I think we have the right players on our team. I think Drew Locke is our guy. I think that a huge – testament to a football team I mean look at the Bills um you know my man you guys were not very good until you got your guy from Wyoming and I forget yeah. his name
1: what's Josh his, Allen. Josh
0: Allen <laughs> yeah. okay I'm not I'm not big into like names man but Josh Allen right <laughs> you guys weren't, weren't the best and now you guys are a good football team I mean you beat us last year I can't I can't say one thing about Bills football you guys beat us so I think a huge part of football, man, is having a good person behind you in that huddle and behind you on that field. One that's talented, two, that's a great leader, and three, someone that you want to play for and helps the team out. So I think Drew's that guy. You know, you look at the teams, you look at Tom Brady and the Patriots, that's a that's a quarterback you can rely on. You look at Patrick Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, Drew Brees and the Saints, Josh Allen and the Bills. Those guys have quarterbacks that have been around multiple years. They understand the system. They're great players, they're great people, they're great leaders. And that's why they're successful. I wish we were talking about left guards, but that's just not the case, man. You could be the best left guard in the country. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you'll get in the ring of fame one day. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) I appreciate that. Maybe someday, man, but uh, no, I'm really about like a, a meat and the bones type guy. Like it's all about how you play. So I'm not going to hype us up too much. I'll hop you guys up if we're in the playoffs next season or next off season (laughs) or something like that. But um, we haven't got the job done the last few years. We got to get it done this year, man. Um, I know you'll be watching when the bills come to us this uh, this December, or whatever, man. We Absolutely. gotta get you guys back.
1: All I'll say with that is locked and loaded, baby.
0: <laughs> hey, I'm, all, I'm on the train. I'm on the train, man. We're we're working, man. Even though we're not in the office. No, we're meeting up as players. We're getting routes in. I'm watching Drew throw to Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton. Man, it it, look, it looks dirty, bro. So we
1: gotta we gotta you guys just keep that got squad. I, this
2: well, and, and like you said, like you said, I'll I'll believe it when I see it. And I'm excited, and I appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate that mentality because that's honesty, and that's you know that's really what we appreciate from you today. Is you know you're open and honest, and you say, hey. Yeah, we've got some a bright future possibly, but we got to put it on the field. And it comes yeah. down to what those 11 people do on the field. And I love that because that's, you know, that's sports. You could have as much talent or as little talent as possible, and you could win or lose. It's all just based on what happens on game day. And I love yeah, that.
0: Sure. Yeah, it doesn't matter who you got, man. That's what you do. Show up and, it's, you know, every, any given Sunday, you know, they have that slogan, you know, any given Sunday, man, it doesn't matter. What, what you're ranked, who you are, what you are, it's who shows up and who plays ball the best, man. So we got to just show up every Sunday and play the better ball and hopefully show up on a couple Monday night and Thursday nights this year as well.
1: Well, e- even more on the field, I could talk Broncos because I, I just love the Broncos, man. Even even as a kid, I was, I was like you, just grew up with them. Yeah. I, I could talk it all day. Um, but something I know, something that's near and dear to your heart is your foundation. I would love just our listeners just to hear, just a little of your foundation and what you guys do.
0: Yeah, for sure. So, you know, those of you guys that were listening from the beginning, you know, I kind of talked about using my platform to do good in this world, Um, do good by my faith and do good by other people. and be a great world model for parents to be sitting in the living room and point up at the TV and tell their kid that they want me to, they want their kid to be like me. You know, that's a huge goal goal of mine. And I kind of found that out in college. Um, In high school, I was really outgoing and, you know, did stuff like that, but nothing crazy in the community. When I got to Kansas State, Uh, I found out who Dalton Reisner was, and I found out my passion. And, you know, people ask my hobbies, you know, it's not Xbox. It's not, you know, this or it's not that. It's really – it's doing good by other people, man. I tell you what, there's no better feeling than putting a smile on someone's face or seeing that you actually make an impact. And, um, you know, when I was in college, I was doing – Nursing home visits. I was, you know, working with Special Olympics. I was working with the Big Brothers Big Sisters program. I was speaking at every elementary and college uh, at Kansas State in the area, and I just kind of saw how my platform could really impact people, and how many, how much kids looked up to me, and how much grown men, you know, that were forty years older than me looked up to me. And uh, I was like, man, this is this is what I want to do. I love this. And some guys don't enjoy it, but uh, it was such a you know, great feeling to see myself actually make an impact. So anyways, I, I kinda put that all together. I said, how do I put everything I do together to empower other people to do the same thing? So I created the Rise for Up Foundation. Um, this, the slogan is first Peter four ten, um, which I mentioned earlier, which is each of you should use whatever gift you have received as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. So I believe that everyone down here was born with a gift, uh, whether it was you guys in your podcast and your media relations, whatever, whatever. And I don't know you guys personally, maybe it's something else. Mine, I believe is football, um, and being social and outgoing, uh, leadership, whatever it is. Everyone has a gift. I feel like God blessed them in a different way. And I think it's all about us using those gifts to serve other people down here uh, in the world, um, you know, for God, to glorify God. And that's what I want to do through my foundation, whether it's building a house in a third world country or – opening the door for someone at a restaurant. That's what the foundation's about. It's about being kind. It's about spreading positivity. Um, obviously, the main goal is to impact people um, with their faith and lead others to Christ, uh, most importantly. But it's a wide-open foundation. We can help any, any and every organization out. We're not just for cerebral palsy. We're not just for cancer. We're not just for Special Olympics. Uh, we're for anything. We just want to make an impact down here on this world. And I'm um, really, really excited to see where the Rising Up Foundation goes and see how many people we can impact
2: that 's awesome, I, I love that and i I look forward to 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 staying in, in you know in the know of, of what 's going on with your foundation and i 'm excited to see what you guys do and and reading about that in the in the news and in the media and i 'm so excited to to see more of the impact that you have off the field as as well as what you do on the field um, so you know, for people hearing about the, this foundation for the first time, um, how can they get connected with your foundation? Where can they find you? Where can they learn more? Where can they donate? Stuff like that.
0: Yeah, so they can go to riseandup.com. Uh, the most important thing isn't donating. I would appreciate your donation. that will be you know so helpful to us and the impacts we can make down here uh, but I, even more importantly is just to stay up to date with what we're doing and support us uh, you we have a Instagram page at the Rise Rup Foundation. We have a Twitter page at Ri Up Foundation. Uh, we have a Facebook page at the same handle. Uh, we have a website riserup dot com you can donate there you can see what we're up to on every Insta- on every uh, social media you know account you can you know, go email us at up at gmail.com. pretty much everything. So if you go to the website or any type of social media account, uh, you're going to be able to find the riser up foundation. You can be able to stay tuned. You can be able to follow us. You can email us. You can contact us. You can donate. Um, you can check out what we've been up to all of it, man.
2: I love it. That's so good. So guys go check that out and see what they're up to, see what they've done and what they're going to do in the future. So Dalton, one last question for you is just simply Do you have any final remarks or thoughts for our listeners today?
0: Oh, for sure, man. You guys, you guys know I probably talked too much to where you guys had two times as many questions, but I talked too much, man. And i just say uh, one shout out to you guys here at the Sweat Room. I appreciate what you guys are doing. I encourage other athletes um, that have a platform that want to talk about Jesus to get on podcasts like this. Um, of course, you know, as athletes, we all get asked to be on um, so many interviews and podcasts. I could be booked for the next two months, uh, man. But whenever I have an opportunity to talk on one about Christ, Uh, that'll go to the top of the list immediately, man. So I encourage everyone out there, uh, use whatever gift you guys have, um, you know, and if you don't know your gift, I promise you, you do have a gift. Each each and every one of us were made uniquely by God. And- Whatever your gift is, I encourage you to use that. I, I encourage you to use that to be kind to other people. Uh, you know, you see someone having a bad day that you don't know, you can still ask them if they're doing okay. You can still open the door for people. You can say yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am. Yes, sir, and no, no, sir. You can do all of that. I just encourage you guys to be kind. I encourage you guys to have someone to look up to and see what you want to do. Uh, have, have a goal. Be driven because it's possible. I come from a 1A school in Wiggins, Colorado, uh, with 17 guys on my football team where I played middle linebacker and I had no business playing middle linebacker. I did it because we didn't have enough guys. Uh, <laughs> I, I come from a small town where I wasn't supposed to play Division One football or make the NFL. Um, that's just not what you do. So no matter where you are, who you are, where you're at, whatever it is, man, have a dream and go for it because I promise it's possible. It just takes hard work and determination. And, and if you reach that goal or on the way to your goal, you know, treat people as good as you can because that's something we lack in today's world.
2: Wow.
1: Man, you so it. Thanks so much, Dalton. I, I know so many people are going to benefit from that, and we're just so honored that you joined the SWAT room today, and it, it was just a privilege. Really appreciate it.
0: I appreciate it. It was an honor to be on here, fellas. Thank you. Go Broncos. Go Broncos, man. Lock it down.
2: Wow. So good. It was so good having you on here, Dalton. Uh, thanks so much for everything. Uh, for all of you listeners, I just want to reiterate something that has been said many times in this, in this interview because it is so powerful, and that is the words of 1 Peter 4.10 that are written right on Dalton's arm there. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful mm. stewards of God's grace in its various forms. That is so powerful, whether you are a school teacher, whether you are a professional athlete, whether you are coaching youth sports, whether you're a lawyer, whether you're a financial advisor, in whatever you do, God has gifted you with those abilities. God has given you that gift. Now your gift may be different than others, and that is okay because there's only one person like you. There's only one person that is you that can reach the people that you can reach. You cannot reach the people that Dalton can reach but Dalton cannot reach the people that you can reach. And that is why we are a body, we are a family, and we are in this together. So I just want to reiterate that and, and, and have you take that home with you. The other thing is the power of memorization. And, and Noah, I know I was impressed by this, but when, when Dalton could memorize, if he could recite all of those verses that he had uh, written on his body and I could tell they weren't just written on his body because he thought they looked cool. They were written on his heart because he believed them with his whole being. And he lived by- The Awana by man. The Awana man. And that, you know, I, I did Awana. I was part of Awana growing up. And, and I love that. Just, you know, there's power in that. There's power in, in, in the way that we train our youth in memorization. And the one word that I would use to describe Dalton after talking with him is bold. Dalton mm-hmm. is bold. He is unashamed of his faith. And, and, and that is a, such a testimony to me that he is so confident in who he is in Christ and who Christ has made him to be. And he's not ashamed of that. And man, if I was sitting in front of some NFL teams, coaches, owners, whatever, and they asked me what was more important football or family, football or faith and a job in the NFL (laughs) was on the line, man, that would really, that would really test me. So I am, have the utmost respect for Dalton for being bold and who he is and whose he is, and knowing that. So, Noah, what were some of your takeaways and things that you took away from this, this talk with, with Dalton today? Oh, my
1: gosh. I think, first off, being from Colorado and being a Broncos fan, so, so excited to have him on. And then once we got talking with him, it was even better because he's, his character just showed on and off the field. And I think what, what I loved hearing about was just, even his time at Kansas state and just what it means for him to be a leader on and off the field and how you mm. guys differently. Some guys appreciate when you get in their face or some guys you have to pull them aside. I love that because that's how people are. Everyone's different kind of like that. Yeah. And, and I love that He's, he's personable and, but at the same time, approachable and he's, he's just got a heart for people. And you just see how Christ just flows through him. So I, I just love that. And then just him, diving in kind of like you you reiterate a little bit just just how when other teams were looking at him and he made his faith his priority man that is bold like you said he's a bold man and it, yes sir i love that it, because a lot of people they're like yeah i'm christian but like i don't really want to like talk about it he's like no this is my priority and this is who i am and i love that that just shows what he's about in his character so good and just what he's doing with the Reisner found the Reisner out foundation. He's doing so much good to the community and just in the name of Jesus. I'm, I'm, he's
2: 24. He's 24 he's years old. He's I know it's Isn't crazy. That
1: crazy, it um, is so crazy, man. I, I know. So he's a great guy. I'm so happy we got to have Dalton on and both. I, even Bill's mafia. I, I think they can appreciate him. And I know Broncos country absolutely does even just being the hometown kid. Um, he was great. And, and at the same time, we're, as, as believers, we're on the same team. And it's so great man. perspective. So thank you, Dalton, for joining us. Next week, everybody, we're so excited to bring you the New York Yankees chaplain, George McGovern. George is not only the chaplain of the New York Yankees, he's also been chaplain of the Jets, the Giants, the Mets. You can just call him the New York City man. Here's a little bit of our interview with George McGovern.
0: Uh, the Super Bowl where David Tyree caught what's called the helmet catch. Uh,
1: legendary.
0: I was working with the uh, – doing the chaplaincy work with the Giants uh, during that time and privileged to go to the Super Bowl. They threw me up in the coach's booth uh, during the games. And so from the coach's booth, I was able to watch that particular play. It was the turning point of the game and the type of catch, you know, called a miracle catch because the ball landed against – tyree's helmet and he held on to it and uh, fell to the ground without it touching the ground that was probably uh one of the standout moments for me as a new york sports
2: fan and and uh connected to the giants at that time in the sweat room we get it got it give it
0: thanks for listening to the sweat room a podcast of watermark wesley and church